Turn please to 1 Peter, the first chapter, 1 Peter 1. We've been on the subject of, uh, anybody know? God's incorruptible word seed. This is one of the greatest revelations in the word of God. Not my thought, Jesus' words. He said, if you don't understand the parable of the seed and the sower, how will you understand these other things? So this is foundational to understanding how God works and how the kingdom works. In 1 Peter 1 and 23, he said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Just stay at verse 23. We've been born again by a seed. You could also say we've been born again by a word. By a word. Now he goes on in verse 24 talking about flesh. And he's drawing a contrast. You have a body today because of a seed. Your and my body came from a human seed. That seed is a corruptible seed, which means corruptible means it perishes. It reaches its full bloom and blossom and then it fades. So it decays and it dies. But your inner man has been born again, born of an imperishable, eternal seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which means the though the outward man decay, the inward man is renewed. Amen. Day by day will never age nor die. Now it'll help you. When you realize I'm going to be around forever, it'll help you to relax. (laughs) You don't have to see everything or do everything today and tomorrow. (laughs) Now, you're not going to be on the earth forever. Thank God. You don't want to be down here forever. You do want to be down here as long as you should be. You don't want to be robbed. Of your life, because even a full lifespan is just a blip on the radar. It's here, it's gone. But you and I are down here for a reason. We're supposed to accomplish certain things and then leave at the right time in the right way. A lot of people are leaving early. A lot of people are leaving early. But uh, your spirit will never die. In uh, 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, 1 Corinthians 3 and 8, he said, uh, he that plants, well, back up to verse 7. Let's see, maybe I jumped ahead a little bit. Verse 6. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, what did he plant? He planted words. He preached to them. He taught them. And these words 
were seeds. They had never heard them before, so they weren't in them. So this first hearing that they received was a planting. Well, Apollos, we know, was a teacher. So he came and taught on some of the same subjects that Paul had preached on, but since they had heard it before, it wasn't initial planting, but it was watering. And the watering is just as important as the planting. I've planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Verse 7, neither is he that plants anything, nor he that waters, but God that gives the increase. Now he that plants and, and he that waters are one. Actually, other translations, instead of saying that, it says they are equal. Revealing that watering is just as vital and important as uh, planting. Now this, you know, if you've been here for a few weeks, you've heard me say some of the same things repeatedly. But it's necessary because mind renewal needs to take place. Knowledge isn't faith. Say that out loud. Knowledge isn't faith. Knowledge is of the head. Faith is of the heart. Knowing something is not the same as having faith at all. And just because you heard something and now you know it and can remember it doesn't mean you have the results of the word in your life. But see, we grew up in a generation that emphasizes mental development and school. And you go and you read and you study and you remember and you take the test. And if you got the knowledge, then you got it. That's not the way it is with the things of God. In fact, 1 Corinthians says, knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. You can have a head full of stuff and have an empty, weak spirit. In fact, many people need to learn how to quieten their mind and listen to their spirit. Didn't the scripture say, lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's not your head. Your head's not your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your understanding. Yeah, use it. But when it comes time to make a decision, don't just do it based on your head. Do it based on your heart. That's a completely different way of living than the world does. But it's the key to success. He that plants and he that waters are one. Every man will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Go with me to Luke, the 8th chapter. Jesus taught what we call the parable of the sower. You could call it the parable of the seed. These are titles men gave it. But Jesus taught this, and it's recorded in Matthew 13. It's recorded in Mark 4. It's recorded in Luke 8 in detail. In fact, each writer has detail that the other writers don't have. You have to kind of put all three together to see the full thing. And we'll read Luke's account today. We've been going over this. Luke 8 and verse 3, I believe it is. Verse 4, excuse me. When much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, Jesus spoke by a parable. 
He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now here Jesus mentions four types of ground. And as we'll see, as in just a moment he gives the understanding of this and, and explains it further, this represents people. Four categories of people. Apparently all humanity fall into these four categories somewhere. And the seed, he said, is the word of God. And what is uh, sobering and alarming is that 75% of the people who heard the word of God got no results at all from hearing it. Now, Jesus wouldn't teach something that was misrepresentative or wrong, so this must be the way it is. And understanding this would answer a lot of questions as to why a whole lot of people, 75%, a whole lot of people hear a lot of word and get no results in their life, none. Like I said, sobering, even alarming. But who's it up to? What kind of ground you're going to be? I like this good ground. How about you? Like, <laughs> now, obviously, everybody's not good ground. They could be. But me and you. Oh, come on, that's weak. That's. You and I, usans, weans, we all, come on, we we can be good ground, good ground, ground that hears the word of God and it doesn't just get stolen from us immediately. We don't just stand for a while and quit and lose everything. We don't let a bunch of other stuff choke it out. We get it. We lay hold, nothing shakes it out of us, hallelujah, and it develops inside of us until it produces a change in us, in our heart and our mind, and then produces fruit in our bodies, in our finances, in our families. That's good ground. That's good ground. God's looking for good ground. So say it by faith. By the grace of God, I am and will be good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Well, if that's the case, then we, we need to know why the other ground wasn't good ground and see to it that we don't do that. And why the good ground was good ground and see to it that we do do that. Keep reading. Verse 9, his disciples asked him, what might this parable be? 
He said, to you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see, hearing they might not understand. He said, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now I know right now I'm about to go over this for maybe the fifth time already this morning. But it requires mind renewal. We must not listen to God's words like we listen to other words. We must treat them differently. Put up on the screen for me please. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. You can just stay where you are in Luke. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. The Spirit of God through Paul said to these believers at Thessalonica. He said. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God. Which you heard of us. You received it not. As the word of men. But as it is in truth, the word of God, and notice the results, it effectually works also in you that believe it. This word effectually is the word we get our word energy from. It was the word of God was energized and released power in them. He said it is releasing power and working in you. Why? 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 Because when they heard it, they didn't just hear it like Brother Paul was saying something. Come on, can you see it? When they heard it, they thought, that's the Lord. You hear those words? That's the Lord. That's in line with the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God. We must hear. That's why, you know, he said in this parable, him that has ears to hear. Let him hear. He said, take heed how you hear. With what manner you meet, it'll be measured back to you again. The Word of God. Everything God does, He does through words. He created the heavens and earth. How is He going to change your life? Through words. How did you get born again? That's our text. Through words. How do you get healed? Come on, help me out. Words. How do you get in better financial shape? Words. How do you get in better mental and emotional shape? Words. Words. But now see, the devil knows this. Which is why he's always trying to plant some seeds too. He wants you to be his garden. That's right. He brings words and thoughts and seeds of fear. And despair, anxiety, deception, confusion, depression. And they can't affect you. They can't hurt you unless you let them get in you. Unless you receive them. And unless you let them get watered with more fear. And more depression. And more anxiety. And more this and that. When you see something that's just controlling somebody's life. They got a bumper crop. Come on, can you see this? They're experiencing a full-on harvest of some bad seed that they should have never let get in them. Didn't the Bible say casting down imaginations and every, 
Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do thoughts matter? Well, what are words? They're thought containers. It's a way of getting a thought out of the inside of me over to you. And if you want to, you can take it and put it inside of you. God's words have God's thoughts. And his thoughts are life. They are life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil's thoughts are death. Does it matter what we listen to? What we look at? What we think about? What we talk about? There's all this barrage of seed trying to get in us. And it's not just a matter that you heard something one time, but realize that it works like a seed. And once it gets in your ear, if you keep thinking about it and get it in your mind, you meditate it on enough, it's like you swallow it. And it gets in you. Well, that's good if it's good seed. Bad if it's a bad one. Right? Then, if you keep on watering it, It'll start growing inside you and it'll change you over a period of time. Thank you, Lord. You're still in Luke, aren't you? The seed's the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So they never got started. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. They have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. So uh, they heard, they received, they got further along than the wayside ground. But it was a quick shallow reception. They were quick to shout but also quick to quit. You need to have some depth, stability and Anyway, they didn't get any fruit. The third one was the the thorny. That's where we are now. They which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard the word, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now you can see each ground got progressively farther, closer to harvest. And yet, these first three had how much harvest? Zero. Which means they got zero results in their life. Even though they heard the same good word of God. Here we see, this was not a result of not receiving, because they did. And it wasn't because it was too shallow. And it wasn't because it lacked moisture. It wasn't because they got offended and quit. This is something else. This per- how, many, how many realize there's every reason why this person should have had a harvest? They heard the word. They respected it. They received it. They watered it. It had root. Even though they were persecuted about it, they didn't quit. So why didn't they get a harvest? Other things in life, in this life, choke can something choke the word out of your life? 
He mentions three things, three areas, categories. Choked with what? Cares. What's a care? It's a worry. Is worry okay? How many people you think go to church worry? (laughs) Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Do a lot of church going people think you cannot help it? They believe, you know, well, you're going to worry. I mean, especially if you care. (laughs) So now we've made worry uh, indication of love. And the Lord told us, don't do it. Didn't he? Did he say, casting all your cares over on him. Be careful for nothing. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Don't borrow on tomorrow. (laughs) Well, cares. You can receive a word about healing. But you can also worry about how you feel and about the reports, the tests. And depending on which one you water the most, that's what harvest you will have. How many understand in the same plot of ground, you can't have a bumper crop harvest of weeds and... (laughs) A bumper crop harvest of your flowers. I mean, one of them's going to win out. Whichever one gets the most water and sunlight and nutrition, it's going to get bigger. It's going to overshadow the other stuff. It's going to choke. Another word is suffocate. Another word is drown it out. So God can speak to us our answer. And in that seed word that he spoke to us, that word itself will produce what he said in us. But we've got worry and fear and what I see and what I feel. And if we yield to that, it can choke out what could heal us. Or what could deliver us. I can't meditate all day. And talk all day. On how I feel. And what the reports are. And how scared I am. And how upset I am. And have a healing harvest. You can't do it. Can't do it. I can't talk about all day. How bad. My children are acting. And how crazy they are. And be in faith for them coming back to the Lord. Come on here, y'all listening. You, you can't do both. I can't, I can't talk all day about how bad my job is and how bad, what a mess my finances are in and, and how the interest is crazy and how this and that and be in faith that I'm calling every bill paid and everything paid. You can't do both. One's going to win out. And whichever one wins out, That's the one's going to get your attention, going to get the water, going to get the nutrition. It's going to be the crop you have. 
So we need some crop failures. Is that right? We need some heavy weeding. Right? We need to grab some stuff that we let get in there and pull it out by the roots and not water it another time. And when somebody tries to talk about us, say, I'm sorry. No, no, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but yeah, but no, no, no. You need faith buddies, not fear buddies, not worry buddies. Faith friends, faith friends have code talk. Yeah, you can just call them and say, hey. Tell me again how healed I am. (laughs) And they just launch. Heal? You so healed? The healed people call you healed. He took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. What would you say? Water me a little bit. Is that right? Water water me a little bit. Do you need watering? Do you need to hear it again? Why? Because we want this seed to grow up. And produce a harvest in us. And if I listen to fear. It's going to feed the fear. And the fear is going to grow. Or the anxiety. Cares. Anxieties. Worries. Choke out the word. To the point. To the word produces no results. Somebody say not me. Not me. By the grace of God. Do you have any control over whether you worry or not? What you listen to. What you look at. What you think on. Yeah you do. Yeah, you do. You don't have to listen and meditate on this other stuff. What else choked out the word? What else? Riches, Luke said. Matthew said, the deceitfulness of the riches. So did Mark. Mark said, deceitfulness of riches. Well, now how would that choke the word out? Well, 1 Timothy 6.10, you can put it on the screen for us. We know this. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now you need some money. Sure you do. You need some money, you need some stuff, you need some things. But how many know you can think too much about money? You can talk too much about it. You can get up thinking about it, go to bed thinking about it. And it's not, having money is not the same as thinking about money. You can not have any money and love money and think about it night and day. Well, if that's true, then you could have money and not love it. You could have some and not think about it. See, the money is not the issue. It's the love of it. That's the root of all kinds of evil and problem that undermines faith. And how many know that money can't fix everything? Money can't heal you. Money can't give you a good marriage. Good family. Money can't give you peace. You can't buy peace of mind. You can't buy joy. Right? You can't buy satisfaction and contentment. We need some money. We need some things. But we shouldn't be thinking about it all the time. He said thinking about money and it's deceitful because 
I heard a guy say this some years ago. He was getting one of these brand new Porsche turbos. This was back many years ago. And at that time, it was a $100,000 car. And that was 20 years ago, this particular one he was getting. And so somebody asked him, they said, so what's the greatest thing about getting that car? He said, the day before I got it. (laughs) What did he mean by that? (laughs) He's got this, this excitement and this expectation, but why the day before? Because in a few weeks, you realize it's a car. <laughs> Maybe it's a great car, but it's it's a car. It gets dirty just like the cheap ones. You can scratch them just like the cheap ones. Is that right? And you don't get in it and magically become somebody else. You might try to pretend, but you're the same you that was riding in the cheap car. And the same thing's true about a house. Moving in a big house doesn't make you something big. Oh, you can act snooty, but (laughs) that's just you acting like something you're not. (laughs) And and, and the Lord will sustain you. The Bible said he gives us richly all things to enjoy, but he doesn't want. Did you notice it said while they've coveted after? Covetousness is idolatry. And here's the problem. What's an idol? An idol is not just a piece of stone or a rock or a this and a false religion. It's a replacement for God. I know one of the first nice cars the Lord let me get uh, after we'd been in the ministry a few years. It was a sports car. I wanted to keep it clean, so I was washing it for the nth time that week, and polishing it. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, if you don't quit spending so much time with this thing, I'm going to regret I let you have it. Well, I dropped the sponge. <laughs> Things should have a place. Is that right? And it should be down here. And, and I don't love cars. I don't love houses. I don't love things. I can like them. I can enjoy them. I can use them. But I love God. And I love people. And money can be a good servant, but it's a terrible God. It's a lousy God. But thinking too much about money chokes the word. Out of people's lives. Somebody say, by the grace of God, not me. And see, you, you can think, well, I don't think so much about money. Maybe not on the side I'm, you think I'm talking about, but you can think about all night and day how to save a dollar. Isn't that thinking about money? That's still thinking about money. And just grieve for two weeks. Because you paid $50 too much. You bought it and you found out it was on sale over there. And you go, oh. Reckon how upset the Lord really is over that 50 bucks. No. Yeah, people drive all the way across town to save five cents on a gallon of gas. 
And, I, and here's where it gets worse. Wind up going through an intersection in a part of town they shouldn't even have been in and have an accident. People don't think about these things. Shouldn't even have been there. But they're not led by the Spirit. They were led by a nickel a gallon. They didn't even pray. They didn't even check their heart. I've seen people leave a good church where their marriage got restored and their babies got healed. Leave, go across the country for a job paying $3 an hour or more and they didn't even have a church that they could go to that they believed in. That's ignorance. And that's, that's thinking about money above everything else. That's putting money, making decisions based on money. If I make decisions based on price, I'm not being led by the Spirit. I'm going to say that again slowly. If I make my decisions based on price and cost, I'm being led by what? Price. Dollar. I'm not being led by the Spirit. There are times the Spirit of God leads you to pay more. Oh. Oh, The least expensive one? Is not always the cheapest one. Especially when you got to fix it three times. Take it back twice. Come on y'all with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have I digressed or what? What are we talking about? Is this important or not? This can choke the word out of our life. So it doesn't get results. This thinking about money night and day. Being obsessed with money and things can choke the word out of our life. What else did he say would choke the word out of your life? Pleasures. He said uh, in uh, Luke, he said pleasures of life. In Matthew, he didn't mention it that way. In Mark... For, he said, this is Young's literal, he said, desires concerning other things. Desires. Go to 1 John 2, please. 1 John 2. How many believe we're making progress? Do we want a harvest of the word of God? What do we know among other things we have to do? We got to get these weeds out. We can't let them take up the soil of our heart. And choke out the word. In 1 John 2 and 15 he said. Love not the world. 1 John 2 15. Neither the things that are in the world. Now the emphasis on these things that choke out the word. Were things in this life. In this life he kept saying. In this, we could say in this world. In this age. In this life. And here he says, don't love the world. That's one, th- one reason I mentioned that word. I, I changed my vocabulary a number of years ago. I quit saying I love anything. I don't love pizza. I don't love sports. I don't love a car or a thing. I love God. I love people. I love his word. I love his things. I don't love things in the world. I can have them. I can use them. I can enjoy some of them. But I don't love them. 
And one of the things he emphasizes here, he said, if a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can you see the love for God is displaced by love for the world? This is a picture of what we read about in the parable. If I love the world too much, that's going to push out the love for the Father. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust or desire of the flesh and the lust, desire of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passes away and the lust and desire thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. How many believe it is true that everything down here, all of the cars and the houses and the clothes and the jewelry and the glitter and the glitz, it's about to be gone. Do you believe it or not? It is a flash in the pan. So why should we idolize it? Dream about it night and day and long after it. We must keep in front of us that this is very, very temporary. That's why he said, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, temporary. What does that mean? Now you see them. Now you don't. Everything. And the scripture said, We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we're not going to take anything out of this world. Like one fellow said, you never saw a hearse pulling a (laughs) U-Haul. Why? There is no need. And you wouldn't want to anyway. Your good stuff is in heaven. You would, if you could take some of this stuff with you, when you got it there, you'd think, why did I bring this? Why did I I bring this? This shouldn't be here. This doesn't go. (laughs) So everything down here, everything, even the most expensive and the best of the best, is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. Is that right? It's only good. For a little while, and then all of it's going to melt with fervent heat. We're all out of here. So, you don't want stuff sitting in your garage for 30 years that could be blessing somebody. You don't want stuff sitting in your closet that somebody that you you're not wearing, and or even if you are wearing it, but that somebody have, they have it on their vision list. Maybe you hadn't worn it in two years, but to them it, it's dreamy because they never had one. Amen. Things in your jewelry box. You see people, they save their good china for 40 years. And then die and go and their grandkids go, what are we going to do with this? I don't want it. Do you want it? <laughs> Saving it for what? 
For when? <laughs> when? Acting like they're going to live down here. Forever and from millennia after millennia. Oh, honey, you're here. God time. Maybe another hour. To him, a thousand years is like a day. So a full length of a hundred years plus would be like a couple of hours to him. So if you're, if you're middle-aged, you got about an hour left. <laughs> Honey, you better go ahead and use them plates. And I'm not just talking about using, I'm talking about giving. I'm talking about giving, sharing, letting other people use, letting other people enjoy. But what if they put a scratch? What if they put a scratch? <laughs> See, you think too much of it. It's, it's too big of a deal to you. And if the Lord deals with you to sow your baby, do it. Do it. Why? He's not trying to take something away from you. They make new ones. New ones are improved. They make them every day. What am I talking about? I'm talking about you. Something happens in your heart. When you turn loose of those things that were too precious to you, you get free from things and you demonstrate, I care more about people than I do things. And you open up to where God can bless you with more things and better things and they just keep flowing through you and other people get blessed with better stuff around you. Because you just keep coming up. And coming up. And the word isn't choked. In you. Can you say amen? amen. Praise be to God. Go to 1 Corinthians 7. Now. Uh, there's so much we could talk about. If, if there were time and we were supposed to. But you're going to 1 Corinthians 7. Put on the screen for us 2 Timothy 4.10, please. Because this happened in Paul's life. It happened in Jesus' life. We like to think, we like to sit up in church and think, oh, you know, people are not really that hung up on money and things. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Never underestimate people's hunger and desire for money and things and stuff. One of Jesus' disciples who were handpicked by him sold him out. Remember that? For 30 pieces of silver because he wanted a piece of land. He had this dream about him having a little farm or whatever it was, and he wanted this. How could you be around? The master. <laughs> Travel with him. Eat with him. Hear the words coming out of his mouth. See the miracles and signs and wonders. And after years of this, decide, I want a farm. I want a little farm is what I want. They don't pay me enough and... This is how the devil works. Had he heard some amazing word, had some seed been sown into him, should it have been just producing amazing things in his life? 
did he let something else choke it out? You couldn't say he wasn't under good enough ministry. (laughs) You don't get any better ministry. Couldn't say he wasn't treated well enough or right enough. You know Jesus treated him, right? And yet he loved something in this life and in this world enough to lie, betray, deceive, sell out the one that had loved him and blessed him beyond anything he had ever experienced before. It just choked it all out. It eclipsed it all. You see a similar thing happened in the ministry of Paul right here. Demas is a man who traveled with Paul, helped him in the ministry, was in meetings with him, saw these things. And in this letter to Timothy, who was faithful, by the way, he mentions Demas has forsaken me. This is not a good departure. Why? Why? Did he hear some good preaching and teaching in Paul's ministry? Did he see some miracles and amazing things? Was he right in the middle of what the Spirit of God was doing in the earth, building the church and advancing the kingdom of God? And what did he decide? I want to go to Vegas. (laughs) Party. You're laughing, but why did he leave? Why did he leave? He loved this present world, which we just got through reading. How much longer is it going to be here? It is such a fool thing to do. To forsake the word of God and God and the people of God and run after the glitz and the money and the party of the world because it's lasting about that much longer. It's all going to be gone. But people are doing it right and left. And that choice allows the word that would have worked miracles in your life, it allows it to be smothered and suffocated by worries and anxieties about things in this life, about the deceitfulness of riches and coveting and longing for things and money all the time, and about longing for pleasures well, I enjoy this, or I, I enjoy drinking and doing drugs and partying, and I enjoy blowing money, and I enjoy doing this, and I enjoy doing that, and it won't make you happy. It won't. You could, I, I've talked to people who've been on the very top of the top, and, and one of the things, poor people can imagine that if I had a bunch of money, I'd be happy. But those that have it realize I got it. And I'm still not happy. And so that's why you see people commit suicide. Because they've done everything you can do and bought everything you can buy. And, and there's this giant hole on the inside of them that only God can fill. No, aren't you glad by the grace of God we're not ignorant of Satan's devices? And you already told me you're good ground. I heard you say it. You're good ground. Good ground doesn't allow this. Good ground has a good gardener that gets the weeds out. Come on, are you with me? And doesn't yield to the stuff that chokes it out. Oh, praise God. 
He said, he left me, forsook me, having loved this present world. In 1 Corinthians 7, 31, closing, I think. 1 Corinthians 7, 31, he, taught, he brings this up. He talks about marriage, and he talks about focusing in, in that. He, he gets into talking about focusing too much on what's going on in the world. You've got to be mindful of some things in this world. I mean, you got kids going to school and you got to wash to do and, and the grass needs to be cut. And I mean, there's things to do. But you and I should not be absorbed by it. We should not be immersed into it. It's something we do, but we, our affection and mind and thought is set on things above, amen. not on things beneath. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? He said, they that use this world as not abusing it. Did you hear that phrase? And he said, the reason being, because the fashion of this world is passing away. And for all you fashionistas, <laughs> don't be so. <laughs> oh man, there's a lot to talk about there. But uh, you use what you need to as you're going through this life, but you don't get caught up. In the trying to be cool, in the fight to be successful, in the the push to have the latest, greatest. You just do not let yourself get caught up in it. Why? Because it can flat choke the word right out of your heart. Keep you from getting a miracle that you need. Let me read this to you from another translation. The Amplified is good here. In the Amplified. Those who deal with this world, don't let them be overusing the enjoyments of this life. And thing after thing that we deal with in this life, we need to realize there comes a point where we say, okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. You know, maybe it's not a sin to watch the TV or to enjoy a good show, but there comes a point where you need to go, that's enough. (laughs) Right? Maybe it's not a sin to enjoy a golf game or go boating or whatever, but you need to come to a point where you say, okay, and I may know when it's church time. Why is that the only time you can go play golf? Why is that the only time you can work out to go fishing? Or mm -mm. That means you're living for this world only, this life only. What did he say? Not not overusing the enjoyments of this life as though they were not absorbed by it and as if they had no dealings with it. For the outward form of this world, this present world order, is passing away. It is fading as we speak. It will soon be all gone. It will soon be all gone. We're in this world. We're not of it. Our name is in the Lamb's book of life. We are, Philippians says, a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say that loud. I'm a citizen of heaven. heaven. This world is not my home. 
I'm just passing through. Is it true? Where's your good stuff? Come on, let me know where you. It's past this life. It's right. It's, it's in the place God is preparing. He said, "I go to prepare a place for you." So when it comes to money, when it comes to stuff, we let it flow in. We let it flow out. Easy come, easy go, continuous flow. When it comes to problems in the world, we do what we know to do, and then we cast the rest of the care over on the Lord, and we sleep like a baby. Come on, are y'all with me? We don't go around worrying and fretting, and we just don't do it. We just don't do it. We appreciate a nice thing, but we don't love them. We can be happy with it. We can be happy without it. We can, we can enjoy, you know, I've enjoyed a nice house and I've been on the mission field sleeping on a grass mat and been just as happy. That's right. Yes. No. Yeah. If you're where you're supposed to be in the presence of God, I've enjoyed a nice car and I've ridden around in a rusty pickup truck and been just as happy, just as happy. Why? Because your joy doesn't come from those things. Your peace doesn't come from those things. Your worth and, and what your identity doesn't come from those things. And if we don't let these things choke us out, we will get to the next click. Good ground. Somebody say good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Where nothing got the word of God out of them. And they brought forth harvest. 30 times, 60 times, 100 times what was so. Now, friend, that's a bright, shining testimony. That's what people going to notice. A hundredfold of the Word of God manifested in your life. They're going to see that. They're going to hear that. They're going to notice that. And it'll draw God to them, to Him, because of that goodness that they see. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's thank the Lord for making us good ground. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for teaching us, showing us how. Showing us how to be good ground. Showing us how. How to get the results. Praise God. Phyllis, would you please come and Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your heads for just a minute. Father God, we don't want anything in front of your word or anyone. Just say this with me, Father. Thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to pay the price for me. I accept him as the Lord of my life. I won't put anything above his word, which is him. I will serve him with my whole heart. I will give him the place in my life that you intended him to be. I'll cut out things to the left and I'll cut out things to the right that's taken the place of him and I will lift him up in that place he should be 
Father God, as you help me, I will serve him wholeheartedly all the days of my life. Now, I thank you, Father, for doing that. Now, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you for leading us and guiding us, showing us where we're going in the wrong direction, showing us where we're doing things that's not helping us, Father. I just ask you to reveal those things to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. We're going to keep him first in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.